Amen. Well, let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. And as you are turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, what we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about treasures. Okay, we're talking about treasures. And, and to prepare everyone for the message that the Lord has for us this, this morning is, is I want to ask you a series of questions. How many of us as kids used to look for treasures at home? Or used to go around in the neighborhood looking for, for treasures? And, and we know we'd get our friends to come with us. We'd go out there looking for, for such things. How many of us as kids remember reading Treasure Island? Remember the book Treasure Island and about the pirates and the gold? And, and it only stirred our hearts for treasure. It only stirred our hearts to, to look for treasure. And I know for many of us that have seen the Indiana Jones series, you know, what was his quest to find all the treasure, you know, to look and to find it. You know, one thing about our hearts, our hearts yearn and desire treasure. It desires to find it. It desires to, to hold on to it. And as I talk about treasure, I can guarantee you this much, that 95% of us that are in here are, th- are thinking about physical are thinking about material treasures. See, because we are a people that look for treasures. We want to find treasures. But as the Lord is going to reveal to us today, are we looking for the right treasures? You know, as we think about this, right? The Lord wants to give us a proper perspective on treasures. You know, His goal today is to have us examine our hearts and to get us on the right path when it comes to treasures. See, because treasures are a matter of the heart. And as he's going to let us know today, our treasures and our heart can be found in the same place. Let me repeat that. Our heart and our treasures can be found in the same place. And so with that, let's go ahead and Read, we're going to only read a a few verses here. We're going to go all the way down to verse 24, beginning in verse 19. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 19, it says this. It It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth, nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. And then he finishes by saying here, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So this is where we're at. We're here now talking about treasures. Okay? And I want to share this with you. Before we get into the subject matter You know, Jesus is giving an amazing sermon on the mount. 
And one thing that we know is that he had just finished giving an amazing word on giving, on praying, on fasting. And now he's going to shift to the material things. See, he goes from the religious worship to the material worship. Let me repeat that. He goes from the religious worship to the material worship. Because, see, he knows our hearts and he wants to make sure that our hearts are right. See, he wants to make sure that our proper perspective is on the things above and not the things on this earth. See, because you and I live in this earth, our eyes are constantly focused on the things of the world. And that's why I began with the treasures. You know how, how this just happens to always be a, a subject matter. The earthly treasures, the earthly things. And our eyes are continually focused on the earth, on the things before us. So, of course, this is what continues to stir up our hearts. You know, whenever I, I do my, my morning jog... You know what? I'm always running around the neighborhood. And when I run around the neighborhood, my eyes are constantly on what? On the things in the neighborhood, what people have, the possessions that they have, the houses, the cars, and so forth. See, this is the way our eyes work, right? Whatever our eyes see, it easily takes in. And I do know that Jesus was not only talking to the Pharisees here, but he was talking to everyone that was present. And he was talking to every single one of us and everyone before us and after us that will read this passage. See, he wants us to have the proper perspective on what is truly valuable and what is not valuable. And so with that, let's go ahead and begin to expound here, beginning on verse 19. And it says this. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where the thieves break in and steal. Okay? As we stop here, let's talk about treasure. Okay? Let's talk about treasure because it's important for us to understand what Jesus is talking about here. And so that we all understand, we know that the New Testament was written in the Greek, right? And it's, it, it was written in the Greek. Let's look at the Greek word for treasure. And it is the Greek word Thesauros, okay? Thesauros. It's spelled T-H-E-S-A-U-R-O-S. Thesauros. And what this means, it means a deposit of wealth. Okay, that's what it means. Treasure here means a deposit of wealth. Okay? And so when we look at this word thesauros, this is also the word, this is where we get our word thesaurus. And what is a thesaurus? A thesaurus is a book that lists uh, uh, words that are synonymous or words that are closely related. But when we really think about it, right, we get that word because it is a deposit of words that are very similar. Words that are synonymous and words that are related to one another. It's a deposit of similar words. But here when we look at the word treasure, it is a deposit of wealth. Okay? And when we look at this, right, when we look at the first words that Jesus says here, he says here, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Okay? What God is saying, don't lay up for yourselves this wealth on earth. Okay? He wants to get our perspectives in line. He wants to make sure that he shifts them from the earth to the heavens. See, and he immediately tells us why. 
Okay, have you ever wondered why he's telling us this? See, Jesus always tells us why. He doesn't want us to be ignorant towards things. He wants to explain things so that you and I can understand them. And he says, because if, as he says there, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, because he says moth and rust will destroy and where thieves will break in and steal. Okay? I want you to bear with me. I'm going to jump ahead to verse 21. So let's look at verse 21 and see what it says. It says, For where your treasures, there your heart will be also. Okay? As he's talking about treasures there, right? He's talking about, you know what, these treasures that, that we know that, you know what, that these treasures of the earth, we know that moth and rust will destroy as well as thieves will break in and steal. And then in verse 21, he says about treasures and heart. He says that, you know what, where your treasures, there your heart is also. What I want to share with you about these two is that Jesus is trying to show us that if your heart or your treasures on the things of this earth, so is your heart. See, heart and treasures are in the same place. One of the things that we must understand is that they are both inseparable. Okay? In other words, your, your treasure and your heart will dwell in the same place. They will live together. They will be one. And we must understand that as we look at this, right, that God is trying to say, if you have earthly treasures, if your mind are on the things of this world, so is your heart. They must dwell together. They, can, they are not inseparable. So let's redefine this treasure then. Okay, because he's, he brought the heart into it, right? He, he shared with us there in verse 21 that where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. So let's redefine it, bringing this now with the matter of the heart. Okay? So I want to redefine this treasure because it, as it says there in the Greek, it is a deposit of wealth. So I want to share this with you, that treasure is the treasure, the deposit of your wealth, the deposit of these things that you hold most dear in your heart. Those things that you have in your heart that receive the most affection and attention. Okay? It is these things, these things of, that you have deposited in your heart that receive the most affection and the most attention. Okay? These are the deposits that you put in your heart. This is a deposit of this wealth. And so as we are talking and describing treasure, remember, I want to give you examples of the things that we deposit most in our hearts, that we give most attention to, that, that we actually give most affection to. These are the things that have really grabbed a hold of our hearts, okay? Let's first talk about monetary things, okay? We know that there are things that we think about, and the only way we can buy these things is with what? With money. And because we can only buy them with money, what do we want to do? We want to make so much money, right? We consume our hearts with money. And so as we consume our hearts with money, what do we do? We, 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 we constantly are thinking about, you know what, I need to make more money. And we also know as we consume ourselves with money, we also think about our future, right? Our, our retirement. You know what? When I get old, when I'm older, you know what? I'm ready to retire. I need to make sure that I have enough money. 
Enough money to sustain me. Enough money to carry me on. And so, you know what? I got to invest in my... I got to make sure that I, that, that, uh, that, you know what? I dedicate my life and my heart to my job. I dedicate my life to, you know what, to, to make sure that I have a job where I'm going to get a 401k and I'm going to have a pension. And so, all of these things consume our minds, right? I think I'm speaking truth here, right? I mean, this is what we all do. We, we all have a, 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 just a, a heart that is just consumed with, with making money and making sure that we have enough money. Let's talk about the next one. Our careers, okay? You know, when we give our affection and our attention to our jobs, I think I can speak for many of us, right? We, we sometimes prioritize our jobs over the things of God. You know what we say, you know what, I've you know I got to make sure that I'm that I'm working and you know what, and, and church can always wait, right? If, if I get a job on Sunday, oh well, I don't go to church. If, you know what, I got to make sure that, that, you know what, I supply enough food for my family, that I have enough, enough money for them and, and for the things that I want in this world. So what do I do? I say, you know what, it doesn't matter now, church, right? I, I just need a job. And if this job takes me away from service, then oh well, God knows. See, these are grabbing our attention. This is where our affection is. This is what God is talking about. He's talking about depositing these things in our hearts. You know, do we lose our priorities? Are we so consumed with the things of the world? What about possessions? Okay. You know what? You know what? My heart's dream, and this is all I'm concerned about, is, is making sure I have a house. Okay. Making sure I get the latest car. Making sure I have, you know what? These cars that are coming out now in 2016, I want to drive that new Lexus or I want to drive that new Toyota or that Honda, whatever it is, right? I'm so consumed with this car. You know what? I got to make sure that I, I fix it up. I got to make sure that, you know what, that it's, that, 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 you know what, that I'm, I'm living for it now, right? I want to get these new rims on it. I want to do all these things, right? And we're all guilty of this. I'm very much guilty of this. I'm just reminding, as I was telling you right now, you know what? I, I bought this. While I was working, I bought this 66 Ford Mustang, and it has the, the stripes on it. And there was a time, as most recently, right, that that's all that was consuming my heart and my mind. You know what? Get it fixed. Make sure it gets well. Make sure it's running well. And you know what? I have to put that aside. I can't be consumed with these things, with possessions, right? What's going to happen to them? You know, as we're going to get into the things that happen to these things of the earth. But let's keep talking about possessions. What about electronics? What about antiques? Valuable stuff, right? What about clothes? Okay? We're so consumed with clothes, right? What's, what's driving our hearts, you know? Is, what do we want to deposit in our hearts? We want to have the latest clothes. We want to have the, the latest attire. We want to have that Gucci purse. We want to have the Calvin Klein, you know pants or clothes, whatever they may be, right? I mean, we want these latest things. Let's talk about the next category. And I'm going to shift into a category that I believe that, you know what, as, as we look at these things, these things do, are deposited within us. You know what, I mean, as we're talking about more of material, but I just want to give these out to you. Because, see, there's things that also separate us, that we deposit within our hearts. 
And it can be us. It can be you. It can be me. When we're so consumed with ourselves that all we care about is ourselves and that's it. How many of us are so consumed with our physique? How we look? What about our hair? I don't have to worry about it, but what about some of you? You know what? You're always like, man, I got to have my hair perfect. I spend hours and hours on my hair, right? Where you lose focus of what's really important. Spending the same amount of time on your hair as you do. I mean, if you were to spend the same amount of time on, on the, in the Word or in fellowship or doing the things that God has called us to do as we do in our hair, imagine. What about our talents, our reputation? You know, another category I want to talk about is what about relationships with people? You know, we're so consumed with people. We're so consumed with what about our parents, with our spouses, with our children, with somebody you're dating. You know, these things become a, a deposit within our hearts that, that separate us. And, and it's important that we realize this, that separate us from the things that God is calling us to do. You know, there are so many people that love celebrities, right? They, they consume their lives with, with following celebrities, with looking things up about celebrities, whether they be sports athletes, whether they be movie stars, whatever they are. They're spending hours and hours because that's where their heart is. Their heart is to give that attention to that. Their affection is going to the wrong people. And I want to share with you this. These things that are grabbing our attention, these things that are grabbing our affection, the Lord is reminding us, is this where your heart is? And I want to talk about this. Are all treasures bad? Okay, are all treasures bad? Let's talk about this. Is money bad? Is having a career bad? Is having possessions bad? Is, is all, are all these things that I mentioned, are they bad? I'm going to share with you. They are not necessarily bad. I want you to know this. They are not necessarily bad. But what's bad, I want you to know, is the value that you place on them. That's what's bad. If that's what you're so consumed with, if that's where your affection and attention is going after, then that becomes your idol. That becomes your treasure. And this is what the Lord is talking about here. See, we know one thing about the Lord is that the Lord loves to bless. Right? He blesses His children. He gives us. As His Word says, He reigns on the just and the unjust, meaning that He blesses His children with things. And He wants us to enjoy everything that is around us. We know that, you know what, He's blessed people in the Bible abundantly, right? You look at Abraham. You look at somebody like Job. You look at somebody like Joseph. What about in the New Testament? Somebody like Joseph of Arimathea. All of these were followers of Christ, right? And He blessed them abundantly. But where, were, where was their treasure? Did they allow this treasure to grab all of their attention and affection? Or did they appropriately prioritize these things? See, this is something that we got to answer for ourselves, right? What am I doing? Am I giving all of my attention and affection to these things? See, the Lord is saying here, and I want to share this with you, which is our next point. 
the wrong treasures do not last forever. Okay? I want you to know this. And this is what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. See, the, the wrong treasures, what he's trying to say is these earthly treasures do not last forever. See, these things, I want you to know that we so meditate on, that we're so consumed with, these things that are grabbing our affection and our attention. A lot of these things that I'm talking about, they don't last forever. And this is what Jesus is, is, is trying to tell us. He wants us to have the proper perspective to say, why are you wasting your time on these things that don't last forever? Why are you so consumed with this? Why are, your, why are they so deposited in your heart when you know that they're not going to last forever? Or maybe we don't even know that. Maybe some of us are thinking that, you know what, these things that we're going to have are in fact going to last forever. Because this is the way we live, don't we? Many of us are living as if we're going to carry these things to heaven. As if they're going to follow us, right? But I want to share this. No one, no living person has ever taken anything from this earth to heaven. Any possessions that they had. Every single one of them was left here. And I want to share this. I want to make sure that, that as we look at what Jesus is talking about. See, because where he says, he talks about moth and rust and where thieves break in and steal. See, the treasures of the Old and New Testament. We're going to look at each one of them. And I want you to know this. Even though they took on a different form, they still accomplished the same thing. And the reason I say that they took on a different form is because they had different things that were considered to be treasures. When you look at where Jesus says, where moth and rust destroy. I want you to understand when Jesus was talking to them, He knew what the people exactly knew at this time. See, because for us, many times, you know what, we associate, you know, moths with clothes that we don't wear, so we usually don't like them, so we put them away in the closet, and they're there for years, and so, you know, for us, it's, it's like no big deal, but for them, during the Old Testament and the New Testament, know this, that garments were considered extremely valuable, but I want you to know, as I mentioned, even though these deposits of wealth take on different forms. They still accomplish the same thing. I want to prove to you how important garments were. Do you remember Achan in the Old Testament with Joshua? Remember when they went to the Battle of Ai? And they were defeated in the Battle of Ai, which was after the great victory in Jericho. And when they went to battle, remember Achan... Achan said, you know what? He says, man, you know what? Those garments, those garments that are over there, those beautiful Babylonian garments, I want them. See, this was a treasure in his heart. He loved garments. He, he wanted this wealth. Look at what it says in Joshua 7, beginning in verse 20. He says, and Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful ba Babylonian garment, there it is, 
200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels. I coveted them and I took them. And they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. So as you can see here, garments were of great value. And this is why Jesus is talking about them because he knew the people considered garments to be valuable. This was their treasure. It's like, you know, like, like very expensive, you know what? Purses, right? Of, you know, or very expensive jewelry or very expensive things. Understand this. This is, this is what he's talking about. These things that are expensive. And one thing that he reminded them of, which was, guess what? The moth destroy them. So why are you laying up for yourselves treasures on earth? Where moths are going to chew them up. Where moths are going to destroy them. See, and this is what he wants to make sure that we understand that these things that we're storing up, understand that these things that we consider to be so valuable, they're going to be eaten. They're going to be destroyed. The next thing that he mentions is rust. That rust destroys. I want you to know this. That actually, in the Greek here, this word rust, and, and we see this as an improper translation, but in the Greek, when it was originally written, it was the Greek word brosin. Okay? I'm sorry, brosis. Brosis. B-R-O-S-I-S-N. But it's pronounced brosis. And this actually means eating. And so the actual category that Jesus was talking about there to the people was actually grain. And I want you to know this. Grain at this time was considered extremely valuable. Only the rich had it, right? This is why there was famines and, and people needed food to eat. And so Jesus is reminding them, guess what? If you're storing up all this grain, know what? They're going to be eaten by what? By worms, by mice, by moth. You know, understand this. And, and I want you to understand how important grain was at this time. Look at what it says in Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 16. It says, then he spoke a parable to them. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful. We're talking about the crops, the grain. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store my crops and my goods. And so here Jesus is reminding them, You know what? Having all this, these crops, having all of these things, understand this. They're going to be destroyed. They're going to be eaten. And then when he mentions where thieves break in and steal. What he's talking about here is really gold and precious metals. This is what he's talking about. And we all know that gold has always been a value from the beginning of time even up to today. And how many of us, how many of us have been victims of, of a robbery or know somebody that has been robbed or broken into i think every single one of us knows somebody that that has had things stolen from them and this is what he's referring to right he's referring to all of these things that even the things that you possess understand this they're going to be stolen even your cars guess what they're going to be stolen all of these things that we so consume our hearts with that we give all this attention and affection to they're going to be gone and so why are we wasting so much time on the things of this world? You know, as we think about the things of this world, 
What treasures will last? See, because God is saying, the Lord is saying, right? Why are you looking at the earthly things? Why are you looking at the earthly treasures? You know what? You're so consumed with these things and none of them are going to last. But this is what he says in verse 20. He says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Okay? So what is Jesus talking about? One thing about heaven, we know this, is that this is an amazing place. And one thing about heaven is that nothing in heaven ever corrupts. Nothing in heaven ever decays. Look at what Peter says about heaven. He says that it is an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away. This is what he's saying. He's saying this in 1 Peter 1.4. He's saying, you know what? Heaven is incorruptible. It is undefiled. It will never fade away. Okay? So Jesus is saying, you know what? Store things up in heaven above. And how is it that you and I can store things up in heaven above? I believe that it all starts with the proper heart. And how does it start with the proper heart? What is it that Jesus tells us in His Word? He tells us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul. Everything that encompasses you, this is how we are to love. And when we love this way, right, then everything else will fall into its proper perspective. If God is number one in your life, then everything else will have its priority in your life. See, but if God is not the only priority, then all of these things will supersede the priority that He needs to be. See, as we look at this, right, I believe that Timothy... As we're talking about wealth, right, we're talking about these treasures because Jesus is saying our eyes cannot be on the things of this earth. They cannot be on these things that I mentioned because they will take your heart away from me. You will slowly fade from me. And yet you will see these things that you gave your life for nothing. See, because what happens is, is that I've seen it time and time again. When we begin to focus on the earthly things, we begin to have a slow fade. We start missing church. We don't start coming to church. You know what? And then we start hanging out with the wrong crowd. We start hanging out with the wrong people. And this is what these earthly things do to us. They destroy us. And they were destroying us because they themselves will also be destroyed. But yet this is what the enemy uses, right? But I believe where Paul gives us a proper perspective on this, what Jesus is saying is in 1 Timothy, beginning there in chapter 6. So let's turn our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and let's read beginning in verse 17. It says there, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. So as we're looking at wealth, right, the Lord is saying, you know what? I want you to have the proper perspective here. You know what? Just because you've been blessed with wealth, you've been blessed with things, don't be haughty and don't trust in these things. 
which many people do, right? They think that, you know what, I got all the money in the world, and guess what? What happens if the stock market crashes? All of their wealth is what? It's gone. See, the same thing here. This is what Jesus is saying. Don't trust in these things. But we are to trust in the living God. Remember what I shared with you. The proper perspective. Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength is what God is asking us to do. And then He tells us here, you know what? He's the one that gives you all things to enjoy, but not to replace Him, but only to do what? To enjoy them. See, they are not to replace God. They are only given for us to enjoy But yet, because of our hearts, we what? We replace God with these things. And so what are we asked to do? The Lord tells us here, as as He's saying, lay up your treasures in heaven. And this is how we lay up our treasures in heaven. The first thing that Paul tells us is to do good. Okay? You and I are to do good. Our behavior is to be good. Character is key. We've been talking about character with leaders. We've been talking about character with servants. We've been talking about character, right? Integrity is important. You and I are supposed to be doing good things. We're not supposed to be walking in the flesh, doing things of the flesh, going after the things of the world. You and I are supposed to be doing good. You know what? Being an example, being a testimony for others, so that when people see you, they can say, man, look at that person. That person is different. That person is not like the rest of the world. That person is completely opposite of the world. Look, I want what they want. See, this is how we lay up what? Our treasures in heaven. Christ-like character. You can't buy character. You cannot buy character. If I had a million bucks, I cannot say, you know what? I want to buy good character. I just can't do that. The Lord is asking us here to do good. May your behavior be appropriate. And then the next thing that he says is to be rich in good works. What is it that James told us in 2.17? He says, faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, it's what? It's dead. For us, you know what? Are we laying ourselves treasures in heaven? Are we rich in good works? You know what? If we call ourselves Christians and The evidence of your Christianity is your good works. That shows people that you are a Christian. If you're behaving the way you always did before, then guess what? Then you're no different. You're you're just like the world, right? The evidence of, of of our faith is a transformed life that produces what? Good works. And for us, as we are reminded of this, as as, as, as Jesus is telling us to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth nor rust destroys, where thieves can't break in and steal. And then Paul tells us here in 1 Timothy 6, he tells us, ready to give. You know what? For us as Christians, right, we're not hoarding our things. You know what? Those that lay up their treasures, right, on earth, Many of them are tightwads, and I remember I shared this with all of you, right? They don't want to give it up. Do you want to be known as a Christian that never, that was a tightwad throughout eternity? I don't think any of us want to have that badge throughout eternity. God is asking us here that we are willing to give, that you are willing to give to others. See, for us as Christians, you know what? We're not to be hoarding these treasures. We're to share them. We're to give them. We're to... Bless the less fortunate. We're to give to the, 
church. We're to do these things. And then he also says, willing to share. Sharing your riches. And most of all, the riches that are within you, the gospel, Jesus Christ. We're called to share this with others. This is how we build up our treasures in heaven. You and I have all been called to do the Great Commission. To shine like stars is what His Word says. To, to show and to share your faith with others. Showing, behaving appropriately. Sharing with your words. we got to back up what we say. And as we look at these things, right? As we, as we do these things, we're, sh- we're what? We're storing up our treasures in heaven. As it says here in Colossians chapter 3, I want to read this to you beginning in verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is, right? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, it says. He goes on to say, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will appear, then you also will appear with Him in glory. See, this is awesome for us. This is a reminder for us, right? To set our minds on the things above, not on the things of the earth. This is what happens, right? We're so consumed with, with these things. As we've been talking about the monetary, we've been talking about the careers, we've been talking about the possessions. We've been talking about all of these things that we give our attention, that we give our affection to, how we replace these things. We replace them over God. And then in verse 22, it goes on to say this. It says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? I'm going to give you another verse here before we talk about this. Proverbs 28:22 says this. A man with an evil eye hastens at the riches and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. You know what? It's that eye, right, that hastens after riches. You know, as Jesus said here, the lamp of the body is the eye. What does that mean? Remember, I shared with you, if our eyes are on the things of this earth, guess what it's going to want? It's going to want the things of the world. That's the simplicity of it, right? Jesus is just telling us, you know what? If your eyes are constantly on the things of the world, then it will desire the things of the world. If your, thing, if your eyes are on the things above, then guess what? Then you have the proper perspective on life. See, and if your eye is filled with the things of the world, it will be filled with darkness. Look at what John shares with us as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this to us in 1 John chapter 2, beginning in verse 15. It says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And there it goes again. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Forever. 
You know what, as, as we're running out of time, I'm going to get to the final verse here. And we're going to spend the remainder of our time here in verse 24. And look at what it says. It says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The final point I want to talk about is, which treasure will we choose? See, what's so amazing about God is that God gives you an opportunity to make a choice. He's asking, what treasure do you want? What treasures do you guys want? Do you want the treasures that are destroyed, or do you want the treasures that will last throughout eternity? And Jesus, when he, immediately, when he talks about this, he immediately says this, no one can serve two masters. Why is it that you can't serve two masters? Because you're either going to hate one or love the other. Or you're going to be loyal to one or you, and despise the other. Many people will say, you know what, I can love you know, my job or I can love you know, these things and I can love these possessions, and I, but I still can love God. You know what, I can still have a career and follow Jesus. I can still possess these, these things and follow Jesus. I can still have all these relationships and follow Jesus. You're absolutely right you can. As long as we have the proper perspective. As long as these things aren't stealing your attention. As long as these things aren't grabbing your affection. As long as these things are not taking you away from serving Christ. And many people will say, but you know what? I can still do this. See, we need to have a correct understanding as to what Jesus is saying here. Because what he says here is very important. The key word in all of this is the word serve. Where he says there, you cannot serve God and mammon. You know what the Greek word for this word serve is? It's dulieo. Which is where we get the word dulos. And for those of you that know what dulos means, I'm going to repeat this for those that don't. It means bondservant. Okay, And so Jesus is saying here, let me repeat this, you cannot be a bondservant for God and mammon. And mammon, I want you to know in the Greek, this means wealth. This means treasure. Again, he's talking about the same thing, the things of this world, right? You cannot be a bondservant for God and wealth or treasure. See, when you look at a bondservant, the key to all of this is knowing what it means, right? A bondservant cannot have two masters. Because a bondservant, or let's rephrase this, a slave by definition means that you have single ownership. That you are in full-time service to one person. That's it. You can't serve another person. You are a slave to one. You cannot be a slave to a multiple of things. And when we look at this, right... Understand this, that a slave doesn't have any rights, does he? Does a slave have any rights? He has no rights. See, a, a, a master to a slave, he can easily beat the slave. He could easily kill the slave. He could easily sell the slave. Basically, he could do whatever he wanted with the slave. But to be a bond servant or a bond slave... It's to be the property of a master continuously and constantly, totally, entirely. In other words, you are 100% devoted to the obedience of one master, okay? 
So is it possible to be obedient to the things of this world and God? See, when we look at this word doulos, right? It is saying that you are 100% devoted to the obedience of one master by choice. But yet when we allow the things of this world, when we give our attention to this world, when we give our affection to the things of this world, it just doesn't work that way. And this is why God is saying you're either going to love one or hate the other. You're either going to be totally surrendered to me or to the things of this world. See, you're either going to be loyal to the world and your things, or you're going to be loyal to me. See, I loved what Caleb said. You remember the story of Caleb? Remember, it was Joshua and Caleb. These two guys were amazing guys, right? Remember, these were two of the 12 spies that went into the promised land. And when they went into the promised land, they both had the same mindset. And I'm going to share this with you through the Word of God. Remember, these were the only two spies that said, you know what, we can take them. They said, by faith, we serve a mighty God and our God can easily, what, have victory over the enemy. So let's take them out. Look at what Caleb says at the age of 85. Look at what he says. In Joshua 14, beginning in verse 6, he says, Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh and the Kenneth, Kenizzite said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea? I was 40 years old at the time when Moses, a servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with, who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. They were the ones that said, No, we can't do it. But this is what he said. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. I wholly followed the Lord my God. In other words, I was completely devoted to God. I was not torn between the things of the world and my God. In other words, I was truly a bondservant of God. I wholly followed Him. And this is what God wants, us, wants from us. He is telling you, why are you wasting your time with things that will destroy you? That things that will also be destroyed. Instead, you should dedicate your life to wholly following me. And he is not the only one. Look at Joshua. And these men were incredible men. Look at what he says. Look at the mindset of Joshua. I'm going to read it to you from Joshua 24 verse 15. It says this. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river... Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you see the heart that these guys had? And this heart was given by choice. They made the choice. In other words, God did not create them to have this heart being wholly devoted to Him. They made the choice. Just like God wants us to make a choice today. See, remember what I shared with you. Are we looking for the right treasures? See, our heart and our treasure will always be found in the same place, just like I mentioned earlier. Where is your heart? Where is your treasure? God is exhorting us today to get our hearts back right with Him. 
If we have been so consumed with the world, if we have been so consumed with our careers, if we have been so consumed with our possessions, if we have been so consumed with our money, then God is saying, don't worry about those things. He's saying, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of these other things you'll have. See, the proper perspective is that God wants to be the only master of our lives. And when He is the master and you are His bondservant, then you don't have to worry about these things. Your eyes will be properly focused on Him. Your eyes will be on the things in the heavenly places and not the things of this earth. When we stop looking at God, I'll tell you this, our eyes are focused on the things of this world. This is what happens to all of us. I explained to you, this happens to me. I can easily take my eyes off of God and put them on the things of this world. And God is checking us today as He's checked me. Make a choice today. Who will you serve? Will you serve the things on this earth or will you serve me? Are you ready to be a bondservant? Are you ready to wholeheartedly follow after me? The choice is yours. And when you do this, you lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Not the treasures of the earth that the moth and the rust destroy and that thieves break in and steal. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to give everyone here an opportunity. Maybe our hearts have been misdirected. Maybe our hearts have sort of lost focus and we're so consumed with the things of this world that maybe we see ourselves slowly drifting. Maybe we see ourselves slowly just moving away from the Lord. And what I'm going to do now is give you an opportunity to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I want to bring back. I want to give you back my heart. I want to make a choice today. Today that I will serve you, that I will wholeheartedly follow after you. With everyone's eyes closed and everyone's head bowed, this is a personal choice that all of us must make. If this is you, I'm going to ask you now to raise your hand and we're going to pray for you. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? If you are going after the things of this world, if you're heart is losing focus, it's losing its sight, it's focused on the things of the world, and God is saying, come back to me, admit to it, repent of it, and follow after me wholeheartedly. I'm going to give you one uh, final opportunity for those that didn't raise your, your hand the first time. I'm asking you now to raise your hand, and we will pray for you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Raise it so I can see it. Anyone else? Anyone else before we close? Anyone else? Anyone else? Lord, you saw these hands that went up. Lord, these hands went up because Lord, their hearts their hearts are on the fence. Their hearts were going after the things of the world and you reminded them how important it is to go after you. And their hearts want to get right with you. Their hearts want to come to a place of of being a doulo, which is a bondservant. 
Only you can work in their hearts. And what's so amazing is that you give us a choice and these two, and these that raised their hand actually made choices for you. For those that raised your hand, I want you to repeat this word after me, Lord Jesus. I come to you confessing that my eyes have gone after the things of the world. And I don't want it no more. I want my eyes focused on you. I want my eyes surrendered to you. I want my eyes and my heart to be heavenly minded. I ask for your forgiveness. I open my heart to you, Lord. To come in. To dwell with me. To reign in me. I am your bondservant. And beginning today, I will wholly follow after you. I will serve you. And when I grow weak, and my eyes begin to focus on the things of the world, check me and convict me, Holy Spirit. And remind me of the path that I should be on. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to speak these amazing words to me. To even love me after I've walked away. And to receive me with open arms. Lord, I just thank you and I love you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.